Hello, everyone. What's up, guys? Today, we're going to be diving into five questions that will deepen your relationship. And this can be if you just started dating someone or you're still kind of getting to know someone. If you've been dating, if you're married, it kind of just can apply to anyone and everyone. But with this, this is definitely something that is going to take vulnerability and just being open and honest with each other. Yes, very well put. Thank you. (laughs) If you want to have those deep and real conversations with your partner, uh, I would preface the combo with making one another feel secure in kind of being open and honest, like Kemper said. Also, you should probably pick a place where you are both relaxed and fully comfortable to do that. Maybe an environment that's kind of calm, couches, sitting down. If you like being in public where it's not too intimate or whatever, if you just started, you could go to a cafe and kind of seclude yourself. But it's important to know there's no judgment or right or wrong answers. It's just a space to open up and be real without worrying. But then you both have to Be sure to create the safe space, which means you can't let your feelings get in the way or anger, anything that would offend you. You have to kind of set that back so that being honest is possible and just listen and fully understand each other. Definitely. So let's get right into the first question. Let's do it. Number one, how can I make you feel secure and safe. So more than likely, unless you and your partner are somehow just exact replicas of each other, you're going to have different standards of what makes you feel secure in a relationship. And it's totally okay and normal for one person to need and desire something that maybe the other person doesn't or that they need more of this certain thing than the other person. I feel like there could be instances where someone's listening to something someone needs and their partner needs and they're thinking to themselves or maybe even saying out loud, well, I don't get bothered when this or this or I don't whatever, you know, And that just comes back to you're both going to need different things. So just because you don't need something or something doesn't bother you or something doesn't make you feel secure, doesn't make your partner's feelings or needs invalid. They're completely valid and we're just all different. So we just have to learn our partner and learn how to make them feel the most secure. For sure. I feel like I've heard hundreds of times where guys are like why does that offend you why why are you getting bothered by that like uh, that wouldn't bother me or a girl would argue like you know if you did this it would bother you and it it really for a guy it wouldn't guys just aren't as easily offended traditionally i would say we're just we don't have as many emotions i think is the the key to that um but also it's not that you can double standards kind of are okay just because, like you said, there are different needs. And one way I can think of different needs on the guy's side, where it seems like the guy is demanding more, would be the traditionally like the sex side of things. After a few years of marriage, I feel like guys need sex probably more than women could need it. And so, therefore, it wouldn't be fair for a woman to say, well, I don't need sex. Like, you shouldn't need it. You know what I'm saying? For sure. No, definitely. I think that's something that in this in this case can cause a lot of maybe issues in the relationship is not uh, not realizing that you're both totally different people just because and like you said it's uh, it's almost okay to have this double standard of well if I am not comfortable with something then you can't do it either. And like that's not the case. If one person is comfortable with something and maybe the other one isn't, there, I feel like there's just going to be trade-offs. There's going to be things that always one person is and the other's not and, yeah. and things like that. Obviously, it can't 
get unhealthy where it's like, well, I can do all these things. I can message guys and I can be flirting with all these guys and stuff, but you can't like, cause you don't care. It doesn't bother you when I do it, but I don't want you to do it. It can obviously get to a weird and unhealthy place, but in a healthy dynamic, there are just going to be differences and things like that. For sure. And I think approaching it, not kind of like what you said was, I can do, I should be able to do these things and you can't do these things because they offend me. It should be more of kind of like what the question says. How can I help you feel secure and safe? How can I make you feel secure and safe? You should be focused on what you should do to make your partner feel secure, not what you can do to make yourself feel a certain way or whatever. It's what does my partner need from me? What are the actions, things I can say, things I can do in public, do in these situations where my partner is able to feel secure? Yes. Just having a keeping the mindset of, like you said, not thinking about yourself and really just thinking about your partner. If both of you are doing that, then it's going to be successful and healthy. And you're not having to go, well, I need you to be doing it. It's really putting the focus on what can I do to make you feel secure. And both people doing that, I feel like will lend to much more security in the relationship and a healthier relationship. Yeah. As I'm sitting here thinking about the word secure and and kind of other ways to go about making your partner feel that way or where this discussion could go. When I think about the word secure, it makes me think of something being like strapped down to a trailer or like seatbelts that just like secure something like you're fastened in. You're not going anywhere. And you could technically you could drive that trailer around. You could leave it. You come back. It's still secured because that's what secure means to me. Um, One of the best ways to give your partner security, I feel like is to make sure that what you do, your actions line up with what you say you're going to do. For sure. That's huge. It gives your partner like this ability to expect, which yes, expect expectations can sometimes lead to uh, disappointment or whatever. But if your partner says something, then you can expect it because they've said it. Then when they do it, that just reinforces what they've said. And it just creates a sense of security and safeness. For sure. I'm definitely a person, which I'm sure so many people are, but that actions speak louder than words. So it's not that words are completely null and void to me. I appreciate words, but if they don't have action behind them, then they are kind of meaningless. And then I think also if, if someone gives a lot of words and just continues to not back them up over and over again, over time, you're just losing trust. You're losing security in their words and things like that. So it is so important to do what you say, you know, that you're going to do and to know that you're able to do that and not give these affirmations or these securities just to get through the situation or to, to content that make the person be content. It's like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And then you don't. And I mean, the problem is going to catch up, you know, eventually when your actions aren't lining up with your words. So yeah, that's good. One thing I can think of just to kind of give you insight into our relationship and that we try to use these principles. We've talked about this before, but Kemper, one thing she needs to feel safe and secure, which I don't necessarily, I need a spin off of this, but not this specific thing is she needs physical affection and affirmation, physical affirmation in public settings to feel secure. Yes. And for Jordan, he needs to be like tended to or helped with tasks in in private and public. I do. To feel secure. So that's the, I feel like the love language is obviously mine's physical affection. Yours is acts, acts of, of service. service. So it's kind of what it makes sense. that boils back to. But we try our best to, to fulfill those. And it just, yes, it takes work and you have to, have to learn exactly what that looks like but it's just so rewarding in the end to be worry free and to not have to be thinking or wondering or or feeling any sort of negative ways in situations once it's something you've kind of practiced put into practice and put in the work for and it's become a natural part of your life and relationship it's just so much more 
like peaceful and fulfilling. Yeah. Question two. What goals can we set for our relationship? I think this one, when you hear goals, people say like set smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, whatever R is, and time, time oriented goals. But I don't think it has to be that intense. Um, I think the idea here is just to understand where you are going as a couple. Definitely. If. Excuse me. Can you redo that? Yeah. Definitely. Your some small goals could be to have a date night w- once a week at least. Uninter- uninterrupted, no phones, no kids, no other friends involved and that may be a goal of yours and it's so important to stick to that and to not let other things, you know, come in the way. Yeah, I think small goals are the key. It it doesn't have to be we need to travel to Europe and kiss under the Eiffel Tower this year by June the 30th. It needs to be like just little things that that you have goals in relationships. Like in two years, you want to have a family, you want to have kids. Well, in the next year, we need to probably be timing the period and trying to line up ovulation and trying to get pregnant. I mean, that's just a very uh, practical goal, but you could then apply that to the emotional side of the relationship. For sure. And I think it's it's good to find mutual goals that you have. And maybe that's by being able to buy a house in a couple of years or whatever that is and, and both working towards that goal. And I think you can also maybe have like individual goals that you are helping each other and your partner work towards maybe it's saving up your partner wants to save up and buy a new espresso machine or something Mm -hmm. like that and so it's it's like just being intentional about being aware of your mutual goals but then also if you're you know you obviously still have your sense of individuality in a relationship and maybe your own personal goals that it takes working together to achieve those as well for sure And setting goals for a relationship, it will encourage discussions about the overall health of the relationship. Like it's impossible to set goals without kind of deciding, okay, where are we headed? What do we want to do? Who are we? One person, kind of like you said, can't be wanting to save up for an espresso machine while the other person is wanting to take all the funds and travel the world and what like your goals have to be kind of aligned in certain areas. Maybe he has his own money and you have your own money, so you can do both of those. You save up individually and can do both. But there are certain emotional and even spiritual or romantic goals that you have to be together. You have to share a sense of deepness and understanding and just we can create baby steps into where we're wanting to head together. Yes, for sure. One of our goals, it's kind of a bigger goal, but that we would like to achieve within the next few years is moving to Florida. We've been wanting to do that. That was our 2023 goal. And then baby girl came along and we were like, okay, we probably shouldn't just take off and take her away from our families because that seems cruel and mean. So we're like, we'll hang around for a little while longer and you know, just try to save up and and see where life takes you, you know, even by that point and what that looks like. But that is a mutual goal of ours. We definitely want to to live in Florida one of these days. Yeah. Question three. Do you feel like we make each other better people? I like this question. Um, the Some of the questions, kind of like the last one was, as a couple, what are our goals we can set together? But this one kind of specifically focuses on how you strengthen each other individually. I think it's good to keep a sense of individuality and kind of self in your relationship. 
and figuring out how you and your partner's individual qualities kind of jive and correlate will definitely give you more um, relational awareness. Definitely. I think that this is a super important question because if the answer is no, we (laughs) don't make each other better people, then you know, depending on what stage of dating or whatever that you're in, it's probably time to just reassess the situation. And, you know, if your relationship is just bickering all the time and you're unhappy and um, you're making your partner unhappy or, you know, whatever that looks like, and it's just not a happy and fulfilling relationship, you're not making each other better people, then I feel like that is a pretty, you know, obvious sign that either something's got to really change or maybe this just isn't working and we're not compatible or we just don't lift each other up in the ways that we should. Yeah, obviously that would be a very difficult conversation. Uh, if you're sat down and you've, you're going through these and this ends up being no, um, Kind of like you said, you got to kind of reevaluate. But I like this question too because do you feel like we make each other better people? In order to be a better person, you have to be open to change. And like things that you're doing that make your partner feel insecure, like the, the inverse of our first question, instead of making someone feel secure, you're doing things that make them feel insecure and not safe. But you have to be open to making these these changes to be a better person. And I think that's good. Always being willing to change a little bit of who you are to to strengthen your relationship. And overall, it will, I feel like, make you a better person. Yeah, I agree. I think self-reflection is also like a big one in this situation and um, not always being in a place of pointing the finger at the other person and going, well, you, you know, you're doing this and this, it's making me unhappy, but maybe taking a second to self-reflect and go, okay, what maybe like negativity or bad traits am I bringing to this relationship? What insecurities or flaws can I work on? And just, you know, like really focusing on yourself. And like you said, really having those open and honest communications, not in a way of pointing a finger at the other person, but reflecting on your own own flaws and insecurities. And then also being able to be honest and communicate with a person and say, you know, hey, maybe this is something that I see that I, I know triggers me emotionally and makes me feel a certain way. And I just wanted to be honest and communicate that with you and and see how we can work on that together. Yeah. Just a balance of like self-reflection and also being open, honest, and communicative about what you're receiving from your partner's end as well. For sure. And just thinking through kind of what you're talking about, and applying it to our relationship. I know that I have been strengthened by you because in the past I felt like I've one of my weaknesses is was is uh being able to like prioritize my time. I can a lot of times get caught up in being consumed. I'm a perfectionist and so by nature I will just the it could be a side project that's not even one of my goals or one of my tasks for the day but uh i went to put something in the dishwasher and i realized that the door didn't open like smoothly and so i'll spend the next 4 to 5 hours trying to research and fix the door and make sure it it works properly and then i look back at the day and i didn't get anything done well in that situation you really wouldn't care uh, It would just, in in times when I do get kind of stuck on something or whatever, you'll just kind of question it. Like, well, what were you, you were, or maybe it did apply to our relationship. Like, maybe I was supposed to meet you for a lunch date at two. Well, I I then text you and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I was at the house fixing the dishwasher door. And it's like, well, where are my priorities? Like, kind of 
in lawn, I probably should have stopped and went and helped you. I, I get that's kind of a little bit silly or, or maybe not as important or whatever, but that help, you helped me to know, like, in, even in that little situation, that just make prioritize your time better, you know? For sure. That's it. It's crazy, like, where that started in the beginning of our relationship and and how, like, rough that was. I feel like that stage of just like you said, like priorities and, and yes, it was, it was typically bigger, you know, situations than that. But just like we've said, like time and work and, and things put into it. And now it's like, that's not even a thing really. Like it's a conversation we'll still have. Sometimes I feel like where it's like, you know, like, Hey Joe, like you've been doing that for a minute. Like, or I mean, you've just gotten so good. I feel like about prioritizing and stuff that it's not really even like a thing anymore, but it definitely was something for a while. Yeah. Well, you've helped me and you've taught me with that little time priority thing. I wasn't self-aware and just over time, you've taught me to be more self-aware. Like, be aware that you spent this much time in a day doing that. And I'll just, I'll move past it. Like, oh yeah, I mean, I spent five hours trying to figure out how to get these shoelaces a cool way in my shoe today. Like, and so it's just like, I don't know, it's just being self-aware and reflecting. You're, you've always been pretty good at that. And so I feel like you've taught me some of that and that's how we've strengthened each other, or at least that's how you've strengthened me. Yes. On my end, it's crazy how much better of a person that I say it all the time. I give you, your mom, God, the credit for who I am today from where I started and where I've grown to. You've made me like so much more of a better person. There's, I could just run on a list of things. I'm trying to think of just one specific cause there's so many. Um, Probably just like managing my emotions is is a big one, was a big one in our relationship and just really not letting myself like get fired up in situations and taking the time to, because I am such an emotional being, not like we've kind of been saying, important to not focus on myself and my own emotions, like in just going into defense mode to whatever you say and just... And it's definitely still something I still have to work on, but not, you know, letting something offend me or letting, well, da, 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 and just coming right back and actually listening to your feelings and what you, your intentions were in this situation and just understanding that and letting that sit with me for a second before I come back with my own thoughts and feelings and emotions. Yes. And the way I've helped you do this, the way I've strengthened you in this is very deliberate. It's you take Kemper back to when she was 19 year old little Kemper and we're going on a date to the movies. <laughs> you love the story. <laughs> and we get into a kind of heated conversation and, and whatever. I'm not used to this. This is our first maybe heated conversation. And it gets pretty heated to the point that Kemper says, oh, I'm about to punch you in the face. <laughs> Just like saying it because that's the emotion she was feeling. She was feeling anger and mad and, and whatever. And it's funny because for you, it's like it really escalated to this point. But that was such a thing for me at the it time just and off stuff. Your yeah, it for me it's like, oh, it wasn't we weren't even in that. It wasn't even I just would say things like to just say them and yeah. not even think about it or not care what I was saying. Well, the way that I trained you was you just start crying. <laughs> and then that lets them know that they can't say I'm going to punch you in the face. I know. You started crying and I was like, "Oh shoot." It like, literally a, a switch inside of her flip. She like reached over the car and like grabbed me and was like and started punching me in the face. And I'm <laughs> like, this is what you get. <laughs> no, she grabbed me and was like very delicate and like, "I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that." No, I mean definitely how you were raised and what you were around was not harsh words or raising your voice or getting angry or saying things out of spite or anger or that you don't mean. And so when I yeah, said that, it was like this sense of, oh, who is this girl I'm about to take her back home, take her back where she came from? I did. I put it in reverse. Like, and I was okay. like, that's enough. We're, we're headed home. We're not even going to watch the movie. Yes. And that's definitely something that I've 
had to work on and it it takes so much work like it took me I would say five plus years to really get to like get to the place where we get in a disagreement or whatever and I'm not letting that control me and control my emotions and like just and like I said I am a very emotional being so just being in control of your own emotions is huge and I think that's one of the biggest things definitely that you've like helped me with that's benefited our relationship well that's very kind and you have gotten amazing at controlling your emotions well thank you (laughs) question four what do you value most about our relationship yeah this can be things you enjoy the most about your relationship or your favorite times maybe in your relationship that you've had yeah I think it encourages you to kind of think put time kind of like Kimper said in the self-reflection of you as an individual this is now together or individually self-reflect on your relationship not what do I think about myself in this situation what do I think about my relationship do I like it do I enjoy being in a relationship with this person if you do why is it because of some of the activities you do together some of the things I can think Kemper and I some of the things I like activities we do together or tennis we work out together we run together we walk together a lot of the things I we like we breathe together we really just do everything <laughs> we eat together we bathe together <laughs> we <laughs> is there a tiktok sounds like we made it together it's we uh, it together. oh for it hold on i gotta think oh it's like her legs were cut off her arms <laughs> are cut off it's like the one i, I feel like it this. applies to different ones but the one that i always see is like uh when my stray cat or not my straight when my like uh what's it called like your your pet, feral not feral like your pet cat like your tamed yeah, I guess, or like, I guess it would be like your tame, your pet cat or something, or when my cat wants to go outside and play, like, whatever, and it's like, I have to tell her about what happened to the other cats, and it's like, her arms were cut off, her legs were cut off, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that one is. Well, it, so I wasn't using it correctly, but the tone. The tone was right, I yeah, knew it the pacing, sure. yes. Which is what I do with songs, we found out, like, when we listen to music, the words don't really make any sense to me, it's the notes and, like, the rhythm and the beat. Yes, we always have that conversation, because I'll know the words to the songs. Every song. Yes, and I'm singing them and whatever. And then I'm like, do you not listen to the words of songs? And you're like, no, just the you're like, the beat you're like oh my god, the meaning, w- the of meaning this. of this song. And I'm like, I have, I could not tell you the first <laughs> thing this song is talking about. There are deeper things there for sure, <laughs> yeah, right? <to> yeah, that. <laughs> could be. But yes, we do everything. We do do a lot of things together. But you do kind of have to think back through your relationship and just say, what do I value about us and who we are and what we do? Definitely. And I think it could even be something as just simple as I love the deep connection that we have because I've never had that with anyone else. I've never had that with a friend or a family member or anything like that. So that's something that you really just value and hold on to and cling to. Or it could be I love that we have such a sense sense of individuality that we kind of do our own thing for, you know, some of the day or or half of the day. And then we come together and hang out. It's, I think, just another one of those things of finding mutual things that you love about your relationship. And it's also totally okay to have, you know, separate things that, you know, one person may say, like Jordan said, I love to play tennis. I love when we play tennis. And the other person may say, I love when we cook together. So it's accommodating to both of those things. So taking time sometimes to go play tennis together because that's what one partner loves about the relationship. And then another night cooking together. Yeah. And this is literally as simple as what do you value? Why are you with the person? Why are you staying with this person? If you're married and you've just committed to staying this person, maybe try to add some things that you do value, which it it is deeper than you do value things about this person or else you wouldn't still be with them. I wouldn't imagine. Kind of like Kimper said, it could be that we're just we're so simple and we don't need much. And that is what I value. Well, just 
communicate that. And just it's never a bad thing to be on the same page, even if it is something as simple as like we're not deep and we we don't need five questions to deepen our relationship like yes totally because you could have this conversation and one you know one partner or discuss this particular question and one partner's like yeah i love that we just you know hang out on a saturday night and we don't do anything and the other person's like well I really like when we go out and that was just, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. And we've been staying home every, you know, just again, that open and honest communication, but just getting some questions going to be able to start, start those conversations and, and dig into that. For sure. And if you're early on in a relationship and it's like, well, I don't really know much about this person yet. You could find similar things that you both value individually, kind of like Kemper and I did at the beginning of our relationship, exercising, or we both like gymnastics-y type stuff, like standing on our hands and whatever. So we just like, we would do that stuff. And I do value that now as just like being active and being outside. And we both do kind of like those things and, and watching sunsets. And so we've added those things into our relationships because we both enjoyed them. Now we enjoy them together and it's become something that we value together and something that we do. Retweet. All right. The last and spiciest question <laughs> is, can we talk about our sex life? Ooh, this one is the forbidden topic. Yes, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. Right. Sex is obviously a very natural thing and a natural human experience. Yes, it is. So it's also just such an important topic in relationships. And it's not talked about enough. It's not because I feel like people feel like it's an awkward topic and I get it can you know we're coming from a place of being together for 10 years so obviously it's not awkward to us but you know in a newer relationship maybe or just in a relationship where you don't talk about these things openly and stuff I I understand where it can be uncomfortable but that's just where that vulnerability comes in being vulnerable in having these deep conversations is just so important yeah I mean it, it can be awkward and it can be something that people just don't talk about. But I mean, the truth is, and I found this online, 50% or close to 50% of marriages end in divorce. And of that 50% that end in divorce, 50% of those end because of sexual affairs. Which is probably in part, I would imagine, because the topic isn't being discussed or you're not being open and honest or you're not making it a priority to fulfill you know both sides of 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 those needs which is so important and and maybe that's not always the case there can always be a time where maybe a woman is you know giving a man everything she could and he's the issue's just like kind of with him and yeah. you know what I'm saying like it's not always black and white like that but if you know you can do all you can in a situation to try to keep that area of your relationship thriving and healthy for sure and and in a lot of relationships sex isn't one of those things where it's like oh let's just brush it on the rug and it will just go 10 years and not really talk about it and it won't be an issue i feel like sex is one of those things where it's either going to be a strength and you're going to talk about it and you're going to be honest and know how each other fully feels about it or it's going to be a weakness and this weird thing that doesn't get talked about and then there's hiding and doing things behind each other's backs and kind of getting involved in the wrong ways with it and it being misused and uh, abused or whatever. So I really think these conversations are very, very important. Um, to have around the topic of sex for sure and just speaking to like a deeper topic within that I'll I'll speak on something from you know just a woman's perspective or I would say a a majority of women's perspective on this and then you can totally share like a you know a situation from a guy's perspective but for women in this in this uh, 
area. I feel like this is like a kind of just a tip for men. And I think this is something that we had to figure out in our own relationship is maybe the best time for you guys to if you're wanting to initiate sex, the best time for that may not be when you know like your partner isn't in the best mental or emotional state. So maybe you guys like just had an argument the the day before or you've had arguments the past four days and then the next day you're having a great day and y'all are laughing and you know everything together so you're like okay yeah this this is a good time and so maybe that night or something you you try to initiate something well I feel like for a lot of women the good hasn't outweighed the bad in a sense because like we've talked about in a different episode, women are like rivers and what you put into it, it kind of carries down into like other days. And so this may not be the case for all women, but I do think it probably is for the majority. So it's just like almost a sense of you get from the relationship what you put into it. So if you're just putting in, you know, toxic or negativity or arguments or things like that and then expecting this reward in a sense or like this sexual time or whatever out of that or whatever that looks like it's just it's probably not the most realistic scenario in that case yeah and I can think back in our relationship I'll just be honest there were times And this kind of became a pattern for me just because I'm not the most physically affectionate person just in general. That wasn't kind of my natural state. Non-sexual physical affection. Yeah, physical affection. I wasn't like really talking. I didn't think that meant like sex. I wasn't the most physically affectionate person not talking about sex. You are physically affectionate sexually, but maybe not like non-sexual physical affection. No, when we first started dating, I wasn't like grabbing your butt and like touching your boobs all the time. Like I wasn't that uh, affection. I wasn't doing that all the time. Like I'm just not a physical, a physically affectionate person. Yes, I guess in my mind that can, can sound like you're not uh, like a, sexual person or something like no, those are different and that's i know they're different but that i guess that's kind of where it seemed like my like my mind could have gone to but oh, yeah they no. are different well i was i gotta finish the point okay <laughs> um the times i would be i would start being physically affectionate i would start like the things i would say or whatever kemper could tell that i was it was kind of like wanting to lead to sex so maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I wasn't that physically affectionate, wasn't touching her, wasn't hugging her much stuff, just like a little kiss in the morning, kiss before bed. But other than that, there wasn't much to it. Then Thursday, I start like, oh, rubbing her back and whatever. And she can tell I'm like buttering her up to maybe want to have sex. And then the so we'd have sex and Friday, uh, I the touches kind of wear off and I go back to not touching her. Well, it just kind of went to show that we had to be open and honest and kind of she expressed to me like these patterns she was noticing, like you don't really like to be non-sexually affectionate unless kind of you're wanting to it to lead to sex, which we've had this whole conversation and kind of dealt with it on, on a different podcast episode. But she kind of taught me and I kind of learned her and, and learned kind of some different patterns and, you know, I have, she wants to be a non-sexual physical affection that doesn't lead to sex. And so I had to learn to do that, or I chose to learn to do that because I loved her enough and wanted to do that for her. I want her to feel loved constantly, but it took us having conversations about, it was around sex. It involved the, when we had sex and kind of what was before it and what was after it and kind of patterns and just trying to figure each other out to, so that she can feel secure and loved and comfortable. Yes, definitely. And that was just such a big thing for me because my love language is physical affection, non-sexual physical affection. So, you know, it it can sort of taint and like you said, we've discussed this in other episodes, but it's just like it can kind of taint that when it always led to 
my love language and what I needed led to your yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like pleasure. it was yes, it wasn't like it was a selfish thing. Yes. Yeah. So definitely something that just a little tidbit from the girl's side of of a little insight to which that was from my side as well. It was like yeah. my point of view. It yes, I could have done that, but it was my kind of shortcomings that led to your issues. You're being offended or not offended, but just not feeling as secure and loved as you could. For sure. On the flip side of that as well, though, there could be times like you said in one of the examples that maybe a guy needs more sex and is desiring more sex than a woman does. And there definitely has to be like a healthy uh, balance to this and and healthy boundaries in a sense but I would say there's definitely been times where you are desiring something you know being sexual and stuff and maybe I'm just I'm not necessarily in that place but it is so important to me to meet you know your sexual needs and desires and so if we're in a you know, good place emotionally and I'm feeling good emotionally, but maybe I'm just not feeling super like in that mood and stuff. I'll, I still think it's important to make sacrifices in those ways where I'm like, huh, you know, like I could totally not do this right now, but I know this is something that he wants and needs. So I'm going to, and it's not like this sacrifice of like, oh man, I really don't want to be doing this. But you know, like maybe you're in the mood and I'm just not necessarily, but it's still something that's so important to me to meet your sexual needs. And like we said, that is important because males just do typically have more sexual needs. I have more emotional needs that you have to, that you sacrifice for me and you have more sexual needs that you sacrifice yes yeah so it's just all about balance it is for sure a balance and this is how important this topic is it was probably one of the longest issues whatever you want to call it It was probably one of the longest things in our relationship that took to master yeah we're not yeah we're sex masters (laughs) we perfected the art (laughs) of sex no it's just like it probably took six or seven years for, sure. for us to get on the same page of where it's like, okay, this works. It's now not a weakness or like a weird topic that we don't really know how to approach or whatever. It's something that we can, we're fully open and honest. I can tell her everything I desire, I want, whatever. She can tell me what she desires, wants, what she doesn't desire. And we can make it through it. We can compromise and say, okay, we figured it out. This is what we have to do. This is what works for us. This isn't what works. And it just, it took a long time. And with that, I think one of the best ways to approach this conversation, if you've never had uh, a sexual conversation or talked about sex with your partner is to just, yeah, ask about the frequency. How often do you prefer to have sex? If it were just up to you and only you who decided how often would that be? let them then ask the question to you or just if they don't ask, tell them how often you would if you could. And then maybe there's compromise. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's y'all desire the same amount currently. Right. And if it changes, that's fine too. Just, you have to be open and honest. And also just what your partner likes or enjoys or, you know, needs to feel sexually fulfilled because, I mean, as unfortunate as it is, is if they maybe aren't feeling sexually fulfilled in an area, that's where people just start looking elsewhere. And not that that's okay or that that's how it should be, but it just is the way it is sometimes. And again, you can be doing everything sometimes that your partner could ever want and need. And, and the issue is just within, within them, but just having those open and honest conversations about all of the intricacies of sex because it is a complicated and complex thing and getting on the same page about that. Yeah, and maybe it's a sensitive topic as well because I know it it can be sensitive. Like sex is also one of those things that people do have, especially guys will sometimes have twisted views of or they're just a little bit perverted because the world does like to pervert the the idea of sex and the pureness and wholeness and 
and just, yeah, I guess the pureness of it. And it could be something that a girl has trauma from, from oh, yeah. a past relationship. From or, a guy. Yeah. <laughs> from just, a guy's twisted view of it. A girl, your wife, your partner now has abuse or what trauma from it. She has baggage that, right. that came from maybe she was sexualized too much or uh, p- preyed on. Um, not like P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y. Right. From a freaking, what, what, does a prey? What prey? Predator. Predator. <laughs> you have a predator and you have a prey. Yes. From a predator. A predator preys. Yes. Interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so maybe a girl does have baggage from that. I think with that, an, another way to work into the topic is maybe ask if they're, um, like the first time they remember sex being a thing and so this kind of diverts it from where it's talking about your both of your relationship to sex and sex in your relationship it's kind of more of just a topic you can talk about subjectively where it's when was sex a thing whether it was like in a movie or when your parents gave you the birds and bees or kind of like I know a lot of people's first interaction with it is when a kid in school says something an upperclassman uses a term you don't know or says like oh her this is this or whatever funny story we which you know this story but when i was in middle school i think i was like seventh grade or something like that and i was like running for student council or something and i thought this was so cool i guess at the time but i had a poster (laughs) with my face on it and it was like had milk a milk mustache and it was like got kimber vote for (laughs) so so cringy but i remember there was this guy that uh made a comment about it was whoever I was dating at the time. And he was like, that's such and such as sperm above her lip. And at the time I was like, I didn't know what that was. Like yeah. I didn't have any clue what that was. And so I remember that being my first introduction to like something sexual. Also this same guy in would, would pants like me or whatever at recess or girls. Ankles, yeah. Like, like pants you, you and yeah. stuff. So look, <laughs> This guy, the same, the same guy <laughs> in high school ended up getting like suspended or something for like slapping my butt. So look, this guy, this he's, guy needed some work. He's the predators we're talking he about. He may have given me some trauma in my life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's weirdly, that's the case with a lot of women or just a lot of people. It's just, you hear something that somebody makes fun of something or somebody says something about sex or sexual or penis or sperm or whatever and it's just like you kind of are introduced to oh there's something that that's going on that we don't talk about it's kind of something naughty something secretive and that's kind of how the media twists it and portrays it and it's just it has such a mixed uh connotation yeah just a yeah just an understanding and its persona is just kind of vague and no one talks about it but we pervert it and we use it in all these ads and what is sex supposed to be and so it's just i think especially we've talked about in like christianity or that type of environment it's really not talked about and like shied away from and just almost can be this sense of like it's a shameful thing um so conversations aren't really had in those areas too so then it's like when you do get into a relationship or whatever you feel so awkward and uncomfortable discussing it or talking about it or feel like it's wrong or forbidden or whatever that is because of your prior mindset to it yeah well christian organizations do get a bad rap just because they they teach sexual purity and then it's where you find a lot of sexual impurities for sure. And so it's hard to, yeah, balance that. And, and yeah, so that's kind of how they get the view of it being a weird talk or like a weirdly viewed topic there. But I think some other questions you could ask with your partner just to kind of help you both get on the same page about sex is maybe how do you feel about our sex life currently or, is there anything you have ever wanted to share 
about sex or our sex life that you feel like you couldn't. Yeah, and I think with that, it's coming back to what you said at the beginning is not letting your guard down and not going into defense or offended mode when they do share something. If they're like, well, sometimes I wish maybe you would do this and also just approaching it in the right way because it's going to be received better if you express your thoughts or feelings in in a more gentle way and not you know accusatory or yeah "Yeah, you don't do this i wish you would do this and it's like oh all right yeah in the that's a good point in the middle of an argument is not the time to bring up what you're lacking in sexually definitely and if you are lacking or just fuse on it i don't know just talk about it just bring it up at some point in a safe calm setting and just say a few words about it and then the next time talk a little bit more and just I don't know. I feel like it should definitely be something that you should regularly or at least have talked about before. Yeah. And I feel like there's we we really tried to narrow it down with these five questions. I feel like there's so many other questions that you can also talk about and discuss that can help deepen your relationship. And maybe we'll have a a part two on this at some point but yeah if if you guys can think of any questions that you you and your partner have discussed and think that it's helped you deepen your relationship and want to share it with us go ahead and share it you can dm us at better half jk um and yeah give us any questions that you think would be helpful in deepening your connections out there We always love hanging out with you guys and having these conversations. And thanks for listening to us and allowing us to just share bits of our lives and be open and honest with you guys. And yeah, it's one of the highlights of our week. We just enjoy getting to come on here and share with you guys and and share with each other and just have these conversations that we have on a weekly basis. Get to have them here with you. Hope you guys have a great Friday and a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.